Hi, everyone. This is Tulio Siragusa with Rant and Grow. Welcome to Season 3. This is the first episode of Season 3. Looking forward to showcasing a lot of amazing authors and life coaches and practitioners who are devoted to making each and every one of our lives much better every day. And today's no different. I have an awesome guest who I'd like her to introduce herself. Um, please, Ryan, introduce yourself to the audience. Hi, everyone. I'm Ryan Haddon. I am a life and spiritual coach, a hypnotherapist, and a meditation teacher. Welcome to the podcast, Ryan. It's good to be here. Great. So, Ryan, um, I start the podcast with a little simple thing that I call a check-in. Mm -hmm. And it's just for us to have an opportunity to sort of state our, uh, our state of mind right now. Um, so on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being it's, it's just an awful day, like you need CPR, um, <laughs> 10, everything is peachy, uh, where you are in your, in, in your, in your check-in, uh, let you go first and then answer this question. Uh, what's something you've learned about yourself as a result of COVID-19? So I'm going to say I'm probably about an eight, nine, eight and a half in nine. That's probably my set point. I sometimes dip lower. So it can pop up to a 10, but I'm usually not to toot my own horn, but I kind of stay in that space and it feels really foreign to me to dip down. And of course I'm human and, Life has its way of roll, coming down the pipeline, and then you drop, drop down and feel all the range of emotions. But I usually like a little buoy pop up into my eight, nine in that range for the most part. So I'm, I'm super grateful for that. Um, so I'd say I'm probably in that space, probably an eight. Let's call it an eight today, uh, just because it's the end of the day where I am and just a little, maybe a little more tired than, than, than I am first thing in the morning. And that makes absolute sense because that rolls into what you asked me, something that I've learned about myself during COVID. And that is that I am so capable. So that would be, and I'm going to explain that. I'll unpack that, what that means. It means to me, I did not know all that I could do in a day. <laughs> I didn't fully understand that I could um, grow my business out that I could service more people in many more capacities than, you know, I had set goals of wanting to do expand my coaching in different ways and have hypnosis online for people to be able to access and do weekly hypnosis sessions for large numbers of people, like all these sorts of things that I felt COVID demanded um, or asked of me to show up and be of service for others in that way. And I was able to not just roll out my business, but I was also able to homeschool. I have small children and they were home. I have a five and eight and then I have teenagers. So I was able to be home with them and help them run their lives. And then I also got baby goats. I'm like two weeks into sheltering in place. I got, had this dream of baby goats. So I'm out there like in between clients giving baby bottles, you know, like six times a day and then managing, you know, the homework and really, I do, I feel that I learned uh, not just how capable I am, because we can all create busyness in our lives, but also I was able to do it all and maintain my state, which is really noteworthy for me. State being, I felt peace, pretty much most times balance, most times equanimity, 
And I feel like that, um, I know, I know more about myself than I did before this began. So that that's the blessing. Great. Thanks Ryan for sharing that mm -hmm. with us. Mm -hmm. I'm checking in at, a, um, I was going to say 10, I would say a nine. Ooh, um, yes. Um, I, I've learned a long time ago that no matter what's going on, no matter what the outcomes are, I can always check in a, in a high potential. I, I, you know, there's the potential and then there's the state of being based on perhaps being tired or what have you. I'm checking in as a nine because I really love doing this podcast and having guests like yourself. It's a labor of love for me. So, uh, nice. you know, it's living my higher purpose. And so it's always exciting and it gets me in a good mood. Um, Beautiful. Yes, thanks. What I've learned about myself <laughs> during COVID-19 is that it's okay to be scared mm. and, um, and to be incredibly vulnerable even with my children mm. about, about being scared. And, and even so... Uh, to feel it and identify what's really going on. Uh, mm. And for me, what came up often was this idea, you know, of uh, if I were to be one of the unfortunate victims of this pandemic, have I done everything I could to be a good father? Mm. Uh, that came up for me a lot. And I shared that very openly with my my children and, um, and that created such an amazing, even deeper, stronger bond for us because uh, they could see their dad be vulnerable and, uh, and realize that I truly care about them. The lesson for me, it's okay to be scared. Mm. It's perfectly okay to be scared and That's to cool. work through it. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of, of uh, being scared and working through things, these have been very trialing times. I think we can all agree to that for m more reasons than one. Uh, it's one thing being scared and afraid of the impact the pandemic can have on people's lives. It's, it's also the added pressures of the financial implications, the losses for many, many people. And a lot of the different uh, scenarios that have gone on in the past uh, uh, six months. So, um, I think it's fair to say that the levels of stress for most people have, have are pretty high, uh, uh, to the point of anxiety, perhaps even to the point of desperation. And I'm curious to uh, talk with you today about this particular topic, because I know it's an area of, 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 of a passion for you and also an area of expertise, um, in terms of how to best manage stress, mm. uh, Tell me a little bit about your, your approach to that. Um, well, first of all, I want to also acknowledge what a beautiful share you just spoke of with your children and being vulnerable with them. And I do think that this time can also bring people closer together in their isolation, which doesn't make a ton of sense, but it, it, I think it has. I've seen that with a lot of clients. They're paring down their lives and... <clears throat> you know, um, putting importance on what matters the most to them. And that's always, these are always good questions. And certainly when the idea, the idea of mortality comes in or sickness or health, then we start to put our affairs in order. Am I where I need to be? 
Have I done everything I need to do? Have I showed up in love for the people that matter to me? Do they know that? You know, and these are, these are profound questions that most of us as a society, we don't, we live our lives mostly as if death is just something to put off and, and unpleasant. We celebrate birth and other milestones, but death is very much a part of living. And so the more that we could, this is, again, I feel a blessing of this, despite all the shaky business out there with, com you know, fears about economics and businesses and companies falling apart and all these different things that so that's something else but just being able to all of us wade into the waters of am I where I need to be with regards to my relationships to my purpose to um, who I want to be and what I want to create when I only have when I might not have as much time as I thought I did you know and these are these are very valuable questions so, um, and I'm seeing this theme happen where I have clients who had shaky things before the pandemic are having their, everything's falling apart. If they had marriages that were on shaky ground, those are, people are moving away or they're moving back together in a different way with a different level of commitment because they realize, you know, actually you're my person, you know, and I, I want to lean into you at this moment. So it, it's, it's a fascinating um, take on what is happening to us collectively, you know, globally, and also just in, on the human spectrum. So there's that. Then we have these big questions. And then we also have what you brought up, which is how do you manage the big feelings? Because these are ideas, these are concepts, these are tenets that, you know, we want to live life as if, you know, knowing the death is there and what are our priorities, that, that, those are tenets. But then how do we manage the big feelings as they roll in? And when we can't quite classify or they're unfamiliar to us or they feel unmanageable in some way, then anxiety pops up. And that's hard to cohabit with because it affects our sleep. It affects our diet. It can affect, you know, our being present and being mindful in our, in our moments. It can rob us of um, the good that's happening and our gratitude, you know. Um, so anxiety is pretty corroding. I think it can be. So it's good to have some tools in the old toolbox that to cultivate, you know? So, so I think that's what you're asking me about. Yeah. yeah. So, so Ryan, what are some of those tools that you have seen work successfully with some of your own clients in terms of lessening the anxiety, mm -hmm. perhaps some shortcuts, some life mm -hmm. hacks you could share to, help stop the buildup of, uh, of, of the stress and maybe learning coping mechanism, coping skills, share with us some pearls of wisdom because <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of folks that, that are looking for some advice around that on how to better manage those anxieties. Uh, please share what your, what your journey's been like with some of your clients, if you would. Sure. I, um, I don't know if they're pearls of wisdom, but they have kept me, they've jimmied me out of some tight spots, I will say, at times when I have had unmanageable anxiety here and there um, in, my, in my story and, and, and have had during this period of time. Like, again, it's not a set point, but I can dip into it and then I can, I'm able to maneuver myself out. So some of those would look like, um, you know, doing grounding exercises where I really root down into that place of connection so I'm not up in my head spinning and worrying and because that's a, it's a state of being, right? You mentioned the word state of being. And so knowing that this isn't 
I don't, I don't want to live here. So I'm going to push myself out of it through certain, sometimes we're, it's not manageable. Sometimes we can't, but we can definitely apply some pressure to do that. And so one of those would be doing a grounding exercise would be like putting your feet on the ground. You'd be sitting in a chair, you could be standing up and just imagining that energy draining out through your feet into the earth, imagining, you know, mother earth is so benevolent and so loving and imagining that energy going down into the earth and then recycling it up in this life sort of life giving kind of way up through the body, going up through the spine, up to the top of the head and cycling back down. And then just doing some slow, deep breathing and sort of focusing into the heart area. So those, those are, that's a very tangible way that you can actually get that spinning happening in the mind and bring the energy through your body. And again, resting in that heart center where when we're in our heart space, it's once we're, if we're in love, we can't really be in fear. They don't totally cohabit well together. So when we're in that space of just, you know, being in that space of love that the heart has such a huge capacity for and remembering that, and this might sound like some like woo woo stuff, but it actually does work. And if anyone's listening and they're not quite sure, give it a whirl. Right. Try it. And then also (laughs) speaking to yourself as you would a child that you love, that you care for, and you certainly have that relationship with your children and really self-soothing that way and saying, it's going to be okay. It's always been okay. We're in uncharted waters, but I trust as I have been able to maneuver some tumultuous times in my life, this will shift and change as is the nature of life itself. And so, and it's, so it's speak, learning to disconnect from all the negative habitual thought patterns, which we all have, you know, to varying or lesser degrees. And we have a subconscious mind, which kind of, up, you know, downloads different tapes of fear and, and um, insecurity and uh, lack and, and instead pushing against that gently, consciously saying the things that you would like said to you by someone else outside of you, start saying those things to yourself, noticing the negative thought pattern, noticing how you're continually, you know, creating your reality by projecting all sorts of you know, negative outcomes that none of us have any control over anyway, all we have is today. So I think that's the biggest tenet I can say is just knowing that nobody ever knows what's coming tomorrow. And this is might sound like a a, a dismal thought, but some people go to sleep and they just don't wake up the next day. Like, you know, a million people every that's that's a stat I heard, I don't know if it's 100% true, but they don't wake up in the morning. So it's it's just um, it that's a sobering, that's a sobering thought. There no guarantees. I mean, no. uh, except for death, mm-hmm. change, and taxes. Those are <laughs> right. guarantees. Yeah, that's the... Let me see if I, let, let me see if I can recap what I've heard so far because it's so powerful what you've shared. And I'm going to make sure that uh, my blog. I usually do a blog the week after the podcast. Mm. I mentioned this little meditation you just shared because I was going there as you were doing, and I was feeling really relaxed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm like, I got to write that up for other people to be able to uh, repeat that for themselves. But here's what I heard. I heard a lot of, you know, take care of yourself, which is in my, in my mind rooted in gratitude. So have, be grateful for your vessel, your own vessel, mm-hmm. you know, treat your body. It's a temple. Make sure you stop and, you know, ground yourself mm-hmm. with nature. Mm-hmm. And be one with it and recognize that you're part of it. So I heard gratitude, taking care of your body, taking care of your vessel, being, and then I heard being kind mm-hmm. to yourself, mm-hmm. practicing kindness with yourself. If someone's not giving you kind words, well, 
Give yourself kind, of kind words. I love that. You know, it might sound a little, it, it's okay to sound crazy and say nice things to yourself. Mm-hmm. Look in the mirror and say something nice to the person in the mirror. I love that. What else um, helps to curtail and manage anxieties and reduce stress? I think moving into acceptance, there's a term that's floating around quite a bit now. It's called radical acceptance. It's really not fighting reality as it is. So, and and it becomes an energy leak when we're constantly saying it should be different. Why is it this way? That would look like fighting reality. It, I, I wish it was this way. It's really just saying, this is what it is. And then once you get move into that part of acceptance, then how do I want to move forward? And so then you move into a more productive, you know, state, like, what can I do during this time instead of wishing it was a different way or wanting to go back into the past? And like you had said, it, all we have is right now. So I think that's another way. And journaling, writing about it, if you can't quite access it or speak to someone about it, spend that time with yourself, get your feelings out. They're worthy of taking this moment and being with them so that they move through you, stuffing them down, which I am an expert, have been an expert at in my past, because they're too big to manage is not the way that, that always, whether it's through food, shopping, relationships, you know, addictive substances or any of those other things, they're temporary fixes. And ultimately it's about learning how to manage feelings and um, finding places to do that. So that could be with a coach. It could be with some sort of practitioner or a healer. It could be just you writing things out and taking a look at your journaling and seeing your thoughts on paper. Something happens magically pen to paper. I feel like that, that is, that's important. It's, um, also meditation, you know, I'm going to bring that up because it's a powerful thing of dropping past the thoughts in meditation, you know, and even if everyone, and regardless of who comes through my, my coaching practice. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I love that. You know, I often have said being present without judgment, but I love what you just said. Say that again, because that is brilliant. I don't even know what I said. Remind me. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) something getting past your thoughts oh yeah just dropping past the thoughts dropping past your thoughts i love that um that is so difficult for so many people it can uh it it, because it's like it's constant it's a whirlwind going on in the mind sometimes Mm -hmm. i love this idea of acceptance i i'm a big believer of that you know in my own personal spiritual journey what I've come to realize is you can spin on a wheel like a, like a gerbil chasing change. You can become a change uh, junkie. Mm. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, what it comes down to is really accepting the truth for who you are mm-hmm. and working with that. And I really believe if I accept I'm not a patient person, then someone who I interact with who is impatient isn't going to rub me the wrong way because I just accept that about them because it's right. something I accept about myself. That's right. So it's such a key thing. And it also ties into what I've uh, heard a lot and also learned through, through uh, uh, one of my mentors, who's a Buddhist monk, about this idea of not being attached to, mm-hmm. to outcomes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people talk about living detached. What does it mean to live detached? It means not, doesn't mean you're like, you don't care about what happens in your life, but you're not so tied to a particular outcome that when things don't go exactly the way you want them, you get all bent out of shape. Right. And so I see the correlation between acceptance and, and just 
you know, being in the moment and seeing the opportunity that comes up that you didn't plan for. And sometimes that opportunity that comes up comes in the form of chaos because it has to break patterns that you're so tied to. And it's only chaotic and stressful because you're so tied to them. But the minute you start to change your paradigm and you start to change your context around, I don't have, you know, this is difficult only because I'm tied to something. What is it that I'm tied to? Can I let that go? And in that, I achieve acceptance. Because people are like, how do you achieve acceptance? And, and, and it's such a key thing. I love that you share that. Um, what else? You talked about meditation. Uh, okay. A lot of people talk about meditation. Some people struggle with it. They have a hard time sticking with it. Their minds don't turn off. Any life hack tricks to get someone to start in that practice that you'd like to share? I think it's just knowing that it's challenging. Meditation can be challenging for everyone. We have this idea that some people are better at it than others. And it's just because they've, they've practiced and they're also, you use the word detachment. It's just setting that time aside, you know, setting a timer, let it be five minutes. You know, I know the goal is to extend that time, but start with five. This is in the coaching world. We always talk about small, actionable ways we can move the needle forward. That's like one of the coaching school quotes. So it's just (laughs) five, three to five minutes. If that's all you can do, that's good enough for today. And then we're not good meditators or bad meditators. So if we take out the expectation, like you said, we don't have this projection of outcome of what it should be. We're detached from it and we sit and we just do it. And what it could look like, you might try different techniques, but it's just creating a small window and knowing that your brain is just off gassing. That's all it's doing. Thinking is off gassing. We have, you know, 10, people say we have 10 to 60,000 thoughts a day that most of our unconscious. So if that's true, then it, if you're going to be thinking things in meditation, it's absolutely normal. So don't use meditation as one more thing you just can't get right. You know what I mean? Like that is so not the point. The Buddha would like roll over on that one, you know? So let it be easy. Let it be a moment of pause and then find something that works for you. You know, there's all these, there's four different types of meditation for the school I'm I went to. And so you might do one person might do better with Zen meditation and one person might do better with transcendental meditation. One person might be like a calm focus meditation and someone else might might do better with an energized body and mind meditation. So it's like, and those would be like, you could do Kundalini yoga, you could do um, present moment awareness, you could, you know, so it's just being curious about the practice itself, sitting down saying, I'm going to do this. I'm not attached to the results. I'm just going to say, if you did the present moment awareness, I'm just going to breathe in and breathe out. I'm just going to breathe in and breathe out. And I'm going to focus on that space between my breaths. And that is it. That's all I'm going to do. And if a thought comes, let it come, notice it, let it go, come back to the breath. Like, so it's, it's can be really easy. And then you might try working with a mantra, you might fold that in, you know, you might try a guided meditation, you know, so anyway, it should be fun. And it shouldn't be one more thing that has to get done. You know, right, right. Or, you know, don't try to empty your mind, become a monk day one. That's impossible. You're not (laughs) going to be able to empty your mind. Right. I mean, but some people, some people are like, that's, isn't that what it's the point is? No, that's like taking someone decades to get to that place. If if some even achieve it, but, um, okay. So have a better relationship with the thoughts where they just know they're going to be there. The expectation practice, right? Yeah. They've taken time to get there. Yeah. So, okay, so someone listening, like, man, I, I, I've tried all that. 
I simply can't seem to break through. I've tried mantras. I've tried uh, uh, all those things. How does hypnosis come into play mm-hmm. in helping perhaps to break through? I know that you're a trained hypnotherapist. Mm-hmm. Can you share that with the audience, you know, in terms of like, if you've, you've, writ- you've hit the wall, is that an option? And how would that work? Well, hypnosis is a type of meditation. It's a calm focus meditation. And so, you know, I'll just talk about the brainwave activity states. This would be a good point of that. So right now you and I are in this beta activity state where the brain's pretty, you know, the brain waves are pretty active, right? And so right below that is alpha. And so some people can drop into that state where things start, the thoughts start to calm down a little bit in meditation. So that's sort of like where people dip in and they'll dip, dip up to beta and sort of stay in alpha. And right below that is theta. And the theta state is the magic state. That's the state that um, you want to go to in, in hypnosis and a hypnotherapist who's worth their salt can take you down into that theta state because that is when the subconscious is impressionable. And we're in that state from the ages of zero to seven years old and we're picking up everything around us like a sponge. So, and then after seven, I think they sometimes say nine years old, you pop out of that state and you move back up to beta in your waking state most of the time. So you can see the different brainwave states. And so someone can guide you into that state of hypnosis. And if you're, you've learned how to do self-hypnosis, you can kind of take yourself there you know, dip into that theta state, that's the magic state, to upload new ideas to the subconscious around meditation. You know, you brought that up around calm, around a set point of anxiety doesn't really grow in your, you know, the dish that the petri dish says you, do you know what I mean? It doesn't really take root there, you know, or that you are bringing in love in your life, or that you're coming from a place of abundance in how you manifest. And so that would be why people go into that theta state to upload new ideas around old paradigms, so to speak. That's great. I mean, what I'm, uh, uh, some people try to accomplish that with journey work, you know, whether they mm-hmm. do a ayahuasca ceremony mm-hmm. or, uh, in some cases, LSD. Uh, but it sounds to me, this is a very healthy way to get there with some help and not necessarily have some of the side effects that those, uh, those approaches could have. Yeah. And you don't need a hypnotherapist to go there. I just want to be clear. This is not a plug for hypnotherapy. This is really just saying, you know, it's a great way to be guided into that place, but you can access that yourself. You have, it's your divine right. Your subconscious mind is a part of you. And we dip into those places. You know, when you wake up in the morning, you're going from Delta to Delta sleep. So you're moving up through those brainwave activities. So you have the Delta, then you move into Theta alpha and beta. So you're going up and down in these states and you can do that when you're falling asleep. Here's a life hack for those of you listening, that if there's something that you want in your life, if there's a state of being that is preferable to you as you're falling asleep, visualize that, repeat your affirmations at that time. And that is when your subconscious is in that dipping into that theta state as it's moving into the Delta sleep state and you will be able to affect change from a very potent place within you. And also when you're waking up in the morning. So before you reach for your phone, when you're in that twilight sleep time, that is a really great time to upload a new idea. Like I am rooted in love today. I am calling in all good things in my life today. You know, when you wake up and as you're going to sleep, like I am loved and I am protected, you know, like those are just some of the, some of the ideas that popped into my head of things people might want, but yeah. 
Yeah, what a powerful share. Certainly a lot better than reaching for your phone and checking what's going on on your uh, Instagram feed or your email feed. Mm -hmm. Reset the intention and and go back to sleep and make that uh, something useful. Ryan, it's been a pleasure to have you as as a guest. How can people find you and, you know, if they want to reach out to you, get to know a little bit more about uh, what you do as a life coach and as a therapist, uh, please uh, share your, your how people can do that. Well, there's my website, which you can pop on. It's um, ryanhadden.com. And then um, my Instagram, which is probably where I'm the most current with posting and what's going on in my world. And that's at um, Ryan Haddon Coach, R-Y-A-N-H-A-D-D-O-N, Coach. There you go. Thank you Great. for having me. My pleasure. Thanks for joining uh, us, everyone. And until next time, stay well.